You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a good night for the Braves as they open up their long trip out west. They do so with a 5-1 victory over the San Francisco Giants, two teams that just met last week at Truist Park. And the Braves continue their winning ways. 5-1 the final score. Spencer Strider, he was electric on the mound. Another great performance from him. That's starting to become a trend again. And hey, how about Michael Harris the second? Those two guys were synonymous a year ago when it came to rookies of the year. Well, they were one and two there, and I think they were reasons one and two that the Braves picked up a victory in this game over San Francisco. So a lot of great stuff to talk about with that. And, of course, we'll get you set for this weekend's middle contest on Saturday afternoon. Before we do any of that, I want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click that bell. You'll get notified every time we drop a new episode. Make sure you hit a like, hit that like button for us. Leave us a comment as well. If you're staying up late like we are, we appreciate all that feedback and love having those discussions with you. And make sure to subscribe to Locked on Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, if you got to stay up late, and I think I just used my line, I'll use it again anyway, you might as well see the Braves win a game, a well-played game, and we got to see both of those things. Yeah, if you fell asleep or haven't fall asleep during the game, you're waking up, hey, come and enjoy it. We'll recap yeah. it here for you. Getting to see Spencer Strider pitch another great game, certainly great. And like you said, Michael Harris, those two getting it done. Yeah, and if you just happen to be waking up the next day because West Coast baseball is not for you, that's understandable, too. We're happy to be your morning show of sorts. Let's talk about game number 127 of the year. The Braves with a 5-1 victory over the Giants improved to 83-44 and now on the season, 39 games over 500. Five runs, seven hits, no errors, a couple of men left on base. For the Giants now 66-62, and they are having a struggle at a very difficult time if you're looking at their wild card chances. Arizona all of a sudden is uh, surging, and several other teams are in that picture as well. So the Giants are trying to figure some stuff out uh, so that they don't fall completely out of that race. But just one run, six hits, uh, no errors, and six men left aboard. Spencer Strider, that's a big reason why they only had that one run. He improves to 15-4 and four with seven strong innings. Logan Webb takes a loss, which is rare for him, out there in San Francisco at Oracle Park. He drops to 9-10. and 10. Two hours, 15 minutes time of game. Got to love that. 36,511 fans on hand to see it. And what they got to see was what I would call a masterclass performance from Spencer Strider. I know he gave up a run in that final inning, but Jake, to me, that doesn't take any of the shine off the way that he was pitching against the Giants on Friday night. It does not. Another great performance. And again, you never know when you face the same team back to back like that. How's it going to work out? We know it didn't go as well for Winans facing the Mets back to back. Obviously, Strider's a little bit better than Winans, a little more proven at this level. But still, you never really know what kind of game plan the other team uh, comes up with here. And Strider seemed like the game plan was just to blow fastballs by him. I mean, it was really impressive in this outing. And I would say this is an outing where it was more control over command with mm -hmm. Spencer Strider. I, I didn't think he had terribly great command of his pitches, but he was filling up the strike zone and he was throwing fastballs down the middle. He left a couple of sliders up, one of which yep. Jock Peterson hammered for a triple that led to the only run. But again, for the most part, he was filling up the strike zone and they could not catch up with that fastball. 24 whiffs on the night, 11 against the fastball. 12 of 14 swings against their slider against his slider turned into whiffs. So again, you know how dominant that he can be with that. So 
just another you know great performance from him you know third in a row and really you take out that pittsburgh start and i really wish you could he's really been great in the month of august and the other four starts allowing no more than one run in any of them so i think we're starting to see strider get back into that groove a little bit you know the perfectionist that he is he was yep. upset allowing just that one run and if it was a close game i think there probably would have been a play at the plate there could have cut him down but i uh, love seeing what spencer strider is able to do the dominance that he has it's just so fun to watch yeah, it absolutely is. You mentioned that Pittsburgh start. I feel like that might have just sounded a bell because everyone in the rotation seemed to be struggling at the same time. But for Spencer overall, I mean, he's he's piled up far more good starts than bad this season. That might be a very obvious statement, but I'll make it anyway. And he's definitely started to, I think, erase or silence some of the doubters or skeptics of what he is capable of every fifth day. And what he's capable of is seven innings, three hits, one earned run, one walk, nine strikeouts for him, 94 pitches, 67 strikes. As Jake mentioned, he was definitely just pounding the strike zone against this Giants club. Had a 20-inning scoreless streak that came to an end in the seventh as he had tossed great outings in his prior two starts, six scoreless to begin the night here. And he also made a little strikeout history, Jake. I did some digging on this one. Only the fourth Atlanta starting pitcher, and actually the only the fourth Braves starting pitcher since 1900, to reach 230 strikeouts in a season, it might be an arbitrary number, but most stats seem to be arbitrary numbers. But the fact that it has happened so few times, and you think about how many great pitchers the Braves have had over the years, just tells you when it comes to strikeouts, Spencer Strider is kind of the guy. Javi Vasquez did it in 2009. He's the outlier, I think, on this list. John Smoltz twice, Phil Necro twice, and then you got to go back to the 1890s to find the last time somebody was striking out 230 or more batters in a season. And now he's 46 strikeouts away, I believe, from uh, John Smoltz's record. Or No, we're 36, so he's 40 strikeouts away. Let's do the real math here if we're going to get it right. Getting too late for math. Yeah, 276 <laughs> strikeouts for John Smoltz in 1996. 236 strikeouts now for Spencer Strider in 2023. We'll put away our calculator and our time machine. I guess what I'm saying is this is a guy who's going to make some history, I think, for this franchise when he's pitching the way that he has been lately and again on Friday night. He is. I mean, you talk about, as we always say, you're breaking records or or getting equal to guys who haven't done this since 1900. You're doing some really good things. Spencer Strider, he's going to break a lot of strikeout records as long as he stays healthy. So, again, what he's able to do and just the dominance, he's able to do it with, with two pitches. He did throw a really good changeup tonight, got a strike it on, a good swing and miss there. But, I mean, it is just primarily – fastball and slider can you hit it and the Giants proved that they couldn't and he just kept throwing it so he is you know obviously a master at that and knowing how to manipulate the hitters knowing what he can do and how he manipulates that fastball gets the spin rate on it he's going to strike out a lot of people another obvious statement of the night uh, that's something I think he's going to be really good at for a long time yeah no I definitely agree and clearly the Braves want to have him be part of what they're building as far as this window and this core that they have put together Spencer Strider got that extension for a reason, and I think we might see some very special things over the course of that contract. And we'll get to that on future editions of the Braves postcast. Let's talk a little bit about Michael Harris II. The home run is the second batter of the game. I think he's done pretty well in the two spot. I know things have gotten a little bit quiet late in the homestand for him, but you just feel like the way that he's been swinging it for the last couple of three months, it wasn't going to stay that way for too long. So Harris now three for four on the night. The home run was his 12th of the year knocked in two runs, scored three runs, stole two bases. Jake, I think the question is, well, what can't Michael Harris do on a given night? 
You love the home run, obviously, to get the game started or right after Acuna getting the run scoring started there in the first inning, as the Braves often do. I love the base running in this one. You had a ground ball pitcher in Logan Webb. You know you got Riley and Olsen and those guys coming in who are great but can sometimes be some pretty easy uh, double play candidates. So I love Michael Harris going there to stay out of those double plays tagging up on a, a pop-up behind third base. Mm -hmm. Tough play for the third baseman, but uh, heads-ups play for Michael Harris using that speed. So I love to see him doing that. I've said it on here before, the power-speed combination with him, he, he should be a perennial 2020 player at least. So good to see him display both of that in this game. Again, hopefully he just continues to get it going after a very slow start to the season, hitting over 300 right now in the month of August. So as you mentioned, the move to the two-hole, Maybe cooled him up a little bit, but even going back to the last series there, no, he didn't have a lot of hits, but he had one game with four hard hit balls. So uh, mm -hmm. he's still been squaring it up a little bit here lately. So, or a lot of bit. So good to see him yeah. get some results in this one. Yeah, definitely. So, and really since the first week of June, Michael Harris has been one of the most productive hitters in the national league. And he's been a guy who's batting ninth for most of the year. We'll see when he's moving back or if he's moving back out of that number two spot when Ozzy Albies is ready to come off the injured list. But that decision the Braves still have to make before they start changing the lineup up too much. Uh, somebody who did change spots in the lineup to uh, well-documented fanfare is Matt Olson. Uh, double, couple of runs knocked in. He had the quote-unquote sack fly about 176 feet, I think it was, uh, over third base. Uh, that If it drops in, it's a hit. He scores Michael Harris anyway, so it's really splitting Harris, but some great running by Harris getting a great read. The two runs batted in give Olson 110 on the year. So, Jake, he just continues his role of driving in runs, even though things have been a little quieter lately and the home runs have you know, not been as plentiful here of late either. I'm sure he's going to hit another one at some point, just you know, finding ways to drive in runs and help contribute to a Braves win, though, and you'll certainly take that. You certainly will take that from your number four hitter and your RBI leader in all of baseball. It has slowed up a little bit for him here lately, but he was on a pace like none other. You could not pitch to this man there for a couple of weeks. So knew he had it cooled off a little bit, but still able to produce, drive in some runs, do some good things for your team. We talked about with Matt Olson. Even when he's not hitting, he's usually you know, getting the sack flies, you know, getting his walks, doing all that, contributing in other ways. The home runs will come. I think it's the second longest uh, homerless drought of the year. So, uh, you know, he's due for one here pretty soon. Yeah, I would imagine that right around the corner here at some point, and the Braves are going to stop at Coors Field if it doesn't happen before then. So there's a decent chance that Matt Olson's going to leave the yard again before 2023 uh, is all, you know, said and done. But the 110 RBI now, that puts him on pace for, over 140 of those on the year. And speaking of paces of 140, Ronald Acuna Jr. tripled, scored a run, just missed a home run. He really barreled one up late as well. Uh, the run scored, though, for him, his 114th on the season. He's on pace for close to 150 runs scored as Ronald just continues to be the guy at the top of the order that uh, if usually the Braves are doing something like they did tonight, you know, picking up a 5-1 win, somewhere in this call sheet is going to be Ronald Acuna Jr. involved in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, no, it's funny, too. People talking about him kind of cooling off here lately, and I wish, you know, that was most people cooling off, even what he's done here lately, still getting on base, scoring runs. Uh, triple, as you mentioned, just missed a home run. I feel like there were several hitters in this game that just missed home runs in this one, a big park there. But, uh, yeah, what he does, obviously, every night, you know he's going to be part of the action in some way. And, again, hopefully he does kind of get another home run Mirage here soon, just two homers, two stolen bases away from becoming the first ever 30-60 player. Yeah, it would be very exciting to see that happen, of course. And if you're going to cool off and have your highest on-base percentage of any month, 
uh, that's my kind of cooling off. But uh, be that as it may, Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, a base hit, a triple at that, and a run scored on this night to help the Braves pick up this victory. 5-1 to one was that score. The Braves also got some good news. I want to talk about this before we turn the page and talk about Game 2 of the series on Saturday. I was up in Rome, got to see Kyle Wright make a rehab start. He looked very good and made quick work of some high-A hitters, as you thought that he might, but it just looked extremely good. Uh, one hit, it was a comebacker that deflected off his glove. Four strikeouts across three innings, 26 pitches, 23 strikes. Jake, if they can get Kyle Wright back in the mix here in about, what, three or so weeks, this is a club that could just get that much better when you got Spencer Strider pitching this way. Charlie Morton has definitely turned some things around. Bryce Elder looks like he's improved. And, oh, by the way, you're throwing Max Fried in game two of this series, and he hasn't looked half bad since coming off the injured list either. Yeah, I think a couple things from the Kyle Wright start. I know you were there. got to see it, and it's great, like the videos that you were able to, to send out there. But the two things there, 26 pitches, 23 strikes. You know, the one thing you worry about a guy who's been off for that long is coming out, being maybe being a little rust, rusty, uh, struggling with control, but certainly not in his first start. It is against high-A hitters, but still, to be able to fill the strike zone like that is very encouraging. And then the fact that afterwards he said that he felt good. You know, that's obviously a key in him returning to this and feeling healthy and, and getting back to himself. So very encouraging. Still got a good ways to go, I think, in, in his rehab process here, but certainly a great start. Yeah, he told me at least three more of these is the plan right now. Clearly, that could change. There was some weather that affected Max Fried, and they decided just to give him one more to make sure he had all the innings that he needed. And the Braves are in a position, a unique one. I asked Kyle about it. I mean, what's it like to sit around and watch these guys winning all these games and having all this fun? He's like, well, look, I'm glad they're playing well. It does allow me to focus on getting healthy and getting back, and I can't wait to do it. So we'll see when he's able to do just that. We'll talk about game two of the series, which comes your way on Saturday, as Max Fried will be on the mound for that one. Before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. They are the sponsor of today's edition of the Braves Postcast. Get ready for NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet that $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. And you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. You'll find it all there in the app. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel's the official partner of the NFL. The Braves and Giants will meet in game two of this series. It'll be an afternoon affair out at Oracle Park, 4.05 p.m. Eastern time first pitch. So 1 p.m. local there. Max Fried is a listed starter for the Braves, 4-1. and one. To be determined for the Giants, they're trying to sort a bunch of things out, not the least of which, Jake, has been their pitching situation. Yeah, good job by Alex Wood, though, on uh, this night to kind of give them some innings to help them out in that department. But we'll see what they end up going with here. But can't wait to see Max Fried again, you know, uh, continuing to kind of work back and work his way back after he was out for a while. Still has looked really good. I mean, the stuff has been great. It just seems like maybe the command has eluded him at times or the control uh, a little bit. So uh, looking forward to him getting back out there and hopefully just continuing to, to find that rhythm uh, coming back off the injured list. Oh, we'll see if he's able to kind of do that. You know, covering the innings, getting the reps, I think all of that will help that command start to work its way back to that max-free level of razor sharp. He has been using all his pitches. He's looked pretty good thus far. They Really the only hiccup that you could talk about uh, was the one in Pittsburgh, but the Giants did hit a couple of home runs against Max Fried last time out. We'll see what he's able to do to kind of answer that 
uh, and maybe correct that here out in San Francisco. Four and one on the year is Max Fried with that sub three ERA that you've come to expect from him over the last couple of years. He'll be on the mound for the Braves, a pitcher to be determined for the San Francisco Giants. 4.05 p.m. Eastern time at Oracle Park is the first pitch between the Braves and the Giants in game two of the series. That'll wrap us up here on this edition of the Braves Postcast. As always, we appreciate you riding along with us and staying up late, as the case may be, or waking up early to see what in the world it was that happened out on the West Coast. Whatever the case, whatever the time, thanks for joining us here on the Postcast. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Click the bell. You get notified whenever we drop a new episode. Leave us a like and a comment. We appreciate those. And make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, the Braves were 5-1 winners over the Giants to start out this long trip out west. For Jake Mastroianni, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you after game two. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 